0: For much of written history, world events followed charted routes. Oracles and seers mapped out the future in the stars above, and their prophecies always gave a reliable view of the ages to come. Until a god died a century ago. No one saw that coming, and now, the old prophecies are failing. Oracles go mad, and seers desperately try to account for the loss of the future. While some cry out that the world is at an end. They've been doing so for a hundred years now, and the world is still here. It's just unclear where things are going. The future of Galarian is open, ready to receive the triumphs and failures of a new generation of heroes. Welcome to Rise of the Rune Lords. Those who head north from Magnamar along the rocky coastline quickly find themselves in a peculiar country. Fog drapes the rolling landscape, floating spectrally along damp and lonely moors. Small woodlands grace the region. Their tangled depths redolent of nettles and pepperwood and pine sap, while further inland River valleys lined by majestic redwoods wind between ragged tors and limestone escarpments. The region's vastness and sense of isolation have earned its local name, the Lost Coast. There are pockets of civilization along the Lost Coast. Traditional Varisian campsites can be found in nearly every gulch and hollow along the cliff-lined reaches. And lonely houses sit upon bluffs now and then. Domiciles for eccentrics or the rich seeking a bit of peace far from the bustle of Magnamar's streets. Roadside inns grace the Lost Coast Road every 24 miles or so, placed by virtue of the distance most travelers can walk given a day's travel. Low stone shrines to Desna, goddess of wanderers and patron of Varysians, give further opportunities for settlers should one of the all-too-common rainstorms catch travelers unaware. Given time, any of these seeds of civilization could bloom into a full-grown town, or even a city. It's happened once already. Along the shores of a natural harbor, nestled among the cliffs some 50 miles northeast of Magnamar, what was once a larger-than-normal Varigian campsite, in the shadow of an ancient ruined tower, has become the Lost Coast's largest town, Sandpoint, the light of the Lost Coast. As you approach the town of Sandpoint, the footprint of civilization upon the Lost Coast grows more clear. Farmlands in the outlying moors and river valleys grow more numerous, and the blue-green waters of the Vriesian Gulf bear more and more fishing vessels upon the waves. Passage over creeks and rivers is more often accomplished by wooden bridge than ford, and the Lost Coast road itself grows wider and better kept. Sight of Sandpoint from either approach south, or east is kept hidden by the large upthrust limestone pavements known as the Devil's Platter, and the arc of the rocky outcroppings and lightly forested hilltops that rise up just east of town. But as the final bend in the road is rounded, Sandpoint's smoking chimneys and bustling streets greet the traveler with open arms and the promise of warm beds, a welcome sight indeed for those who have spent the last few days alone on the Lost Coast Road. From the south entrance to Sandpoint is governed by a wooden bridge, while from the north a low stone wall gives the town a bit of protection. Here the Lost Coast Road passes through a stone gatehouse that is generally watched by one or two guards. The southern bridge is typically unattended. Aside from the occasional goblin, the citizens of Sandpoint have traditionally had little gods to worry about invasion or banditry. The region simply isn't populated enough to make theft a lucrative business. Hanging from a bent nail at both the gatehouse and the southern bridge is a sign and a mirror. Painted on each sign is the message. Welcome to Sandpoint. Please stop to see yourself as we see you. This is the sight you are greeted with as you each arrive in town in kind. With the exception of one of you who arrives by boat. Arriving in the docks, a few days before the Sandpoint Festival of releasing the Swallowtail Butterflies in the dedication of the new chapel, Marcus, you approach via the Sandpoint Harbor. The, the boat docks easily, I believe at 46. Ah, uh, Yes. 46 is the Sandpoint Shipyard. The southern facade of this long building is open to Sandpoint Harbor, allowing a small army of shipwrights, rope makers, and sail makers to work their trade in one of four dry docks right on the shore. The shipyard is owned by the Valdmars. You can see one of the men looking like he's overseeing the constant work, giving instructions over several teams of workers as they repair ships and build new ones.
1: Okay, the ship I'm on is basically pulling up to dock there? Yes. Okay, I'll turn to... Is the captain about, or is it one of the senior crew?
0: Uh, First mate's nearby.
1: I'll catch his attention as they're doing whatever it is they do to tie up the ship. Thank the captain for me. It was a swift and pleasant journey.
0: He he nods. Will do, aye, thanks.
1: Do you know the town at all yourself?
0: I've... I've had port here a few times. Uh, Not stayed long.
1: Anywhere I should go? Anywhere I should avoid?
0: Well, the hagfish is a local favourite. There's also the fat man's feed bag.
1: Noted. Thank you very much. And with that, he'll turn to disembark. So... Description-wise, he is human, uh, about 5'7 tall. Dark black hair, keeps it moderately short. Long enough that the wind can move it if it feels the need. Short enough that when that inevitably happens sooner or later, it doesn't actually cause problems. Sharp, angular, almost cheekbones and, and face purplish-blue eyes and a a skin tone that's not quite bronze almost a bit paler than that wearing a heavy-duty coat and carrying a backpack as he descends the gangplank there'll be a noise coming from the backpack and, and he'll just ah, awake are you? Ah well, we're on dry land now, so you might not be quite so seasick, but rest up you'll you'll get better. you'll feel better soon and sets forth into the town.
0: All right, uh, the first mate pointed at number forty two as the fat man's feed bag and number thirty three down at the other end of the harbor as the hagfish.
1: yep and he's deliberately avoiding both of them.
0: All right. (laughs) Where would you like to head off as you wander down the pier, looking around?
1: Is there anything obvious in the way of Masters offices or anything like that?
0: Number four seems like, as you look through the uh, gaps in the buildings down the streetways, it looks like that might be The place that kind of runs that type of thing?
1: Okay, he'll head in that general direction.
0: All right. Uh,
1: There's many people entering and leaving,
0: and it's quite busy. This large building serves many purposes. One can book passage on a ship bound for other parts, arrange for caravans or carriages for overland travel, or send messages to folk in town or as far away as Corvosa or even Riddleport. Inquiries into land ownership, building construction, and establishing new businesses, both in Sandpoint proper and in the surrounding hinterlands, must bring their process of official foundation here. Although ownership of the league, the, the Sandpoint Mercantile League, uh, although ownership of this league remains split evenly between Sandpoint's four noble families, the day-to-day business is ran by Sir Jasper Korvasky. In his younger years, Jasper was a paladin of Abadar. And although he's long since given up the more dangerous lifestyle of a crusader, he remains loyal and devout. He is f- filing some paperwork and talking to some people as you enter the building.
1: How obvious, I, from the description, it's obviously very, very busy. How obvious would it be which of the different areas is devoted to different parts?
0: There's not really different parts. It's this one building handles all of that. Sandpoint's not a large city, so okay. So what it, institutions it, it, there are are multipurpose.
1: Okay, so it's one place that has teams of clerks that deal with everything,
0: basically. <laughs> teams of clerks would be generous. No, there's like three people
1: on staff here. Ah, right, okay. But yeah. lots of visitors coming in and out.
0: Yeah, because it, this building handles all of that paperwork and official business.
1: Okay. Is there anything on the walls in terms of postings and things like that?
0: Uh, Doesn't seem like it. it there's uh, a lists of ship departures, who the captain is, what the ship name is, and where they're headed. Or uh, the same thing, but when they will be arriving and what cargo they're bringing.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what he's looking for, and he goes to peruse that list.
0: All right. Uh, It looks like there are about a dozen names here. Anything in particular you're looking for?
1: Yes. Ships going to or in the general vicinity of Riddleport.
0: All right. Uh, There is one name that lists Riddleport as a destination. The captain... Eliana Silva of the Sunrise Kiss.
1: Okay. Is there a departure date or anything like that?
0: She will be arriving in about four days. And then we'll leave the following day to return back up towards Riddleport. Uh, She's coming to pick up cargo based on the manifest that's written there.
1: Okay. Okay. He'll nod slightly to himself at that. Looking around the rest of the interior, I take it if there's only a few people and lots of people coming a few clerks and lots of people coming in and out, there's, like, queues for them? Yes. Okay. He'll glance at the queues, frown slightly, and then head out the door again.
0: All right. So, Tori... You have approached from the north, coming from the northern wilds down into Sandpoint, the lesser of the two traveled roads. And you see the familiar sight of the stone arch, the sign in the mirror, the gates down. There's two guards there.
2: Of Sandpoint, is it? Yes. So, should I describe my character? Please do. Okay, so Tauri, she's only 26 but she looks much older, kind of like a smoker, how they kind of look a little bit thin in the face. And she looks kind of sickly and ill. She kind of looks feeble. She's got a stick that she's sort of like a staff that she walks with. She would look feeble if she didn't have such broad shoulders and muscles. Her eyes are sort of appearing blind. They're white. They've got kind of uh, bloodshot. In it, one eye you can kind of see she had a blue eye at one point. Possibly two blue eyes, but they're white now, mostly. Her walking stick is carved of of wood. and It's kind of plain. Her hair is black, and it's sort of like Viking-esque. It's got this big plait, this big dramatic braid. Uh, She would appear to look like a kind of samurai viking, if you can imagine that. Uh, She's got blue war paint on each side of her temple and she's got tattoos down her neck and onto her shoulders. And she's dressed in hide armor. Uh, She looks like she could be some kind of Tian descendant, maybe barbarian-esque. And she... It's pretty, pretty short. She's about 5'10", five, five maybe. And her name is Towery Warborn.
0: For all of you players, the player's guide, the second page just after the cover, has a map of Sandpoint with a list of all the streets and all that with numbers on key locations. So if you want to know about a place, just call out the number if we haven't gone over it yet, as we introduce you to the town of Sandpoint. Otherwise, uh, thank you for introducing yourself, Tawary. You are on the north end, the uh, the Lost Coast Road, right at the gatehouse. Uh, again, the gate is down. Their guards there. They see you approaching, and one of them begins pulling the rope to raise the the gate for you. The, the portico That's the word I was searching for.
2: Yeah, I would. Uh, it's raining, isn't it?
0: Uh, not at the moment. It's just it's, kind of foggy and misty. It's foggy like and misty. Warm. So I'd be wrapped
2: in my, uh, my sort of like fur cloak that I have and I would probably curtly nod to each of the, the guards and walk on through.
0: One of them waves at you. Hey, welcome, traveler. Hey, come for the festivals in a couple days.
2: I would just sort of curtly smile and kind of keep going. Saying nothing.
0: Alright then. He gestures at a building behind him, number three on your map you see a pair of wooden life-sized deer carved with painstaking care from white birch standing astride the entrance to this sizable tavern and end, which commands an impressive view of the gulf just to the north behind it. The building looks new, recently built. And you can see that around the bottom, like the stone foundation, there's some burn marks on those stones as you approach. He... Gestures to his like You gonna stay in the white deer? Or would you like a different accommodation?
2: I was rather hoping to uh go to the hagfish. I know some people there.
0: Oh. Well, if you know your way around and you, you apparently do if you've heard of the hagfish it's a local legend. Uh Just head on down the road then. Thank you. He nods and resumes his post watching. After you pass through the gate they lower the Porkless.
2: Off I go to the Hagfish.
0: All right. That takes us to Finwarren. Finwarren, you are in the Rusty Dragon having arrived a day ago or so on a caravan. What would you like to do? Last night's meal was pretty good, but, you know, it's kind of around noon and You'd either have lunch here, or you've heard the locals talk about a few other places. There's the hagfish, the fat man's feed bag, the white deer has been purported to be fairly excellent, or you've also been told that the merchant stalls might have some fine things for you to taste. Yeah, I think I'll I'll go to the merchant stalls. That sounds uh, interesting. Okay. Okay. You work your way down to area 35. All right. The Sandpoint Market. On most days, Sandpoint's market is empty, save for the odd group of children who enjoy using the wide open area to play whistle ball or other games. Twice each week, the market fills with vendors. At the stall of the week, the farmer's market radically increases the daily selection of goods available at the grocer's hall. While all day, at the end of the week, merchants from Magnamar, Goldoria, Nybor, Wardle, and beyond take part in the town market. It's very rare to see any item worth more than 500 gold on sale at the market, but pieces are fairly reasonable. As you're perusing, give me an appraisal check. Okay. Most of the goods here are mundane goods as you're looking over them, overhearing people talk. 14, all right. You're hearing consistently that the prices here are about 75% of what normal asking price is. So any mundane goods that are on sale here in the market seem to be going for about a 15% discount than what you would expect in a larger city. As you're perusing the stalls, you see... A unfamiliar fellow walking through the streets. He's gawking about like you a little bit, obviously new to town. You have just bumped into Marcus. If you wish to introduce yourselves or let the opportunity pass, either way is up to you. What would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to greet him. Alright, Marcus. This man is approaching you. Uh, Finn Warren, please introduce yourself and describe your character.
3: And uh, my name is Fenwarin Balram I'm an elf and I'm about 5'7 I guess the most uh, remarkable thing about Fenwarin is that he has a very gaunt face uh, so he, he looks sickly but he is healthy and very calm emerald green eyes and he has a brown and green cloak on him and a small backpack
1: well Marcus is is obviously just looking around taking in the sights of the town as it were
3: are you finding anything interesting
1: Hmm? oh hello um I'm only just arrived so I'm just trying to get my bearings right now Uh, anything in particular you recommend Well,
3: uh, I mean, the prices are very good here. And, I mean, if you're looking for somewhere to stay or eat... uh, I just came from the Rusty Dragon and I found that to be very, very nice. So if if you'd like to go there...
1: Oh, yes, that was one of the things I was going to be looking for. Somewhere to stay for a few days, certainly, yes. The Rusty Dragon... Hmm, an interesting name. Uh, where is that?
0: The Rusty Dragon is located at number 38, I believe. Let me double check. 37. I was one off. So close.
1: So almost literally <laughs> over there.
0: Yeah. Uh, instead of wandering to the right, to the Rusty Dragon, you went to the left and wound up in the marketplace from uh, building 40 uh, the Merchantile League when you left it
1: yeah okay does Fenwarren point it out or provide directions or
3: well I'm a pretty uh, uh, nice person so I'll probably lead him to it just to make sure he gets there
0: All right. uh, the Rusty Dragon, this large structure is Sandpoint's oldest inn, notable for the impressive and quite rusty Iron Dragon that looms on the building's roof, doubling as a lightning rod and decoration. It is owned and operated by the lovely and popular Amako Kajitsu. The Rusty Dragon is not only one of the town's most popular eateries, Made so in large part by the spicy and exotic food served there, but also as a great place to meet visitors from out of town, since most newcomers to Sandpoint come upon this inn first, as the northwestern stretch of the Lost Coast Road is less traveled. It certainly doesn't hurt that Amiko's beauty is more than matched by her skill at music, and few are the evenings that pass without at least two or three songs being performed by the talented woman.
1: So, have you been in town long yourself?
0: Oh, I just arrived yesterday.
3: Uh, So I've I've been staying here, and then I decided to go to the market and
1: look around. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm always keen to get recommendations from other travelers about good places to stay, so thank you. And with that, Marcus will head inside to see about getting accommodations.
0: All right. Uh, As you enter the Rusty Dragon The first thing you notice is, it's getting close to lunchtime. The place is filling up quite nicely. Uh, There's a halfling barmaid serving tables. Emiko is behind the bar, cleaning glasses and stocking the bar with uh, new stock that just arrived from the ships. And next to the bar is a help-wanted board with a bunch of things taped onto it as you... Enter, there's somebody hanging up something, and they turn to leave. And as they do, it erupts in fire like flash paper, and it goes up in smoke. Amico quickly turns and yells, I told you not to hang that anymore! If you do it again, you're not going to be allowed in here! I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, the thing's out there! It keeps flying over my farm! Someone needs to deal with it! How do I put up a Help Wanted if the thing bursts into flames every time I put it up? This catches the attention of both you and most of the patronage at the Rusty Dragon. What would you like to do specifically uh, as the scene starts to unfold?
1: Would I know anything that would cause something like that? Uh,
0: knowledge local. Uh, Morana. Is, is that how that name is pronounced? Yes. You're also in attendance, and you see this happen.
4: Oh. Hmm. Well, that's... Uh, I guess the same knowledge check would apply, then?
1: Certainly. Uh, are you allowing us to do knowledge checks untrained?
0: Yes. Uh, for certain DCs, yes. If you are wanting something specific... You will need to be trained for anything of a DC 10 or higher. But general knowledge of DC 10 or below, yeah, you can make those untrained.
1: Okay. I was also wondering if I would know anything that that might magically make things like that repeatedly catching fire. but
0: That would be a knowledge arcane check.
1: Okay. Well, let's start with untrained local and then arcana. Uh,
0: Marana, is that how you pronounce your name? Marana? Oh, yes. Are you trained in local, Murana?
4: I am, yes. Okay, cool.
0: All right. Neither of you can think of anything magical that would cause this. Or, nothing specific. There, there's any number of spells that can cause things to burst into flames. But most of them require proximity, concentration, spells to be cast. You didn't really notice any of that happening. Uh, especially nothing that would cause recurrences. Unless it was someone playing a trick like some nefarious gnome or other fae following some poor hapless wit around. As far as knowledge local goes, Marcus, you're not aware of anything specific. Your first thoughts kind of drift to curses and then you laugh it off. Mm -hmm. But Marana, you are aware of Tales of the Sandpoint Devil. And legend states that seeing the Sandpoint Devil... It is an omen of doom. Some great tragedy will befall a region, if even one person claims to have seen the Sandpoint Devil in actuality. Any evidence of the Sandpoint Devil, such as hair or a a severed hoof or a fang from its maw or or a scrap of its wings, the leathery bats like membranes of its wings. Anything like that that's supposed to have come from the Sandpoint Devil. Even artistic representations or descriptions of it are known to spontaneously combust. Hmm. She's going to speak up from
4: where she's sitting let's say <clears throat> have you seen... You've seen this
0: personally? It, you turn to this man who's standing there talking to Emiko. He's dressed as a farmer, uh, obviously a, a peasant from the hinterlands just outside of town. It was saying it. No, no, but I heard it screams, flapping all over the place, and oh, it's terrifying. I stay inside. I dare not look at it. Hmm. Okay, and then so
4: you, you just were writing down what you'd heard, or
0: writing, uh, writing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was writing. Amico looks a little nonplussed and goes, "He drew it. He doesn't know how to read or write." Oh, that's, that's
4: terrible. Drew it. That's She, she looks at the table. And there's what looks like a, might be a doll on the table in front of her. And she says, he should, he should be more careful, shouldn't he? Well, maybe just a little more... Ca- Accidents have a way of happening when you start talking about certain kinds of things. And anyway, um, hmm. that is troublesome.
0: Are you an adventurer? Could you kill the nasty beast and set our region free of its terrible curse? Oh, I, I did never to directly kill something. I mean,
4: that's that's not. That wouldn't be my purpose. That's uh, no, 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 no. Things things just have a way of happening. You know, it's just how how life works.
0: What about you? And he, he turns to you, Marcus, since you're in the vicinity. And you haven't walked away yet.
1: Um, I'm not really my expertise area. Killing monsters, I assume you're talking about. Um, I could help if somebody wanted to. But not my, not my talent.
0: Okay, I guess I'll just go live in terror then. He goes to leave. Amica watches him leave kind of with an expression of good riddance on her face.
4: Morana calls after him. Maybe the gods will protect you.
1: <laughs> Be kind. He's obviously in well distress of some sort.
4: She looks over at you and says, I I was.
1: Do you consider that kind?
4: Oh, what part of life do you consider kind? The the woman looking at you is, uh, she she looks human, but she has, her hair is like a metallic orange color, and her eyes are a rubyish shade of red, and she she has kind of this, almost like a wide-eyed innocent expression to her.
1: Life can be cruel, if that's the point you're making, I acknowledge that but it can also be kind no, I'm, I'm, the I'm, gods do protect
4: I'm not saying that life is cruel or kind, I'm saying that it's
1: purely chance you don't believe in fate destiny the will of the gods
4: <laughs> nice. oh my you can set forth all the plans you want the the end will come when you least expect it, in some random way, and it won't matter. She looks back at the doll again and says, you think people would understand by now, wouldn't I, 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 I don't know.
1: Well, you obviously feel... I almost want to say strongly about that, but... <laughs> you obviously believe it, so... Let's just say we have a difference of opinion there.
4: She just looks at you blinking the whole time you're saying this.
1: Anyway, this is not quite...
4: Well, you probably just haven't seen enough yet.
1: I suspect we have very different perspectives. And I've seen my share of things. For reference, Marcus, I don't think I described him, looks sort of like... Maybe early twenties, human. Maybe even late teens.
4: Morales, you, you you'd say she's probably around thirty, early thirty, somewhere in there. It's hard to tell though, with with the uh, the wide-eyed look.
1: Well, uh, I came in here with the plan of finding accommodation, so. Thank you for your thoughts, certainly, and yes, I'm sure I'll see you around if you're also staying here.
4: Oh, more than likely.
1: Yeah, with that, Marcus heads towards the the bartender, or whoever it looks like they'd be in charge of rooms.
0: Ah, uh, that would be Emiko behind the bar.
1: Yeah, Marcus will walk up and try to get her attention.
0: All right. Uh, As you approach, uh, she looks at you and goes, Oh, what can I get for you, dear?
1: I was hoping to arrange a room, if you still have any free.
0: Oh. I wish I did. Honestly. (laughs) But with the festival only a a couple days away,
1: I'm booked up. I see. Any of the other inns in town that do?
0: Uh, you could try the White Deer. It, it's up north. Fewer travelers, it might be still having a vacancy or two. I, I hope for your case. It,
1: oh, my. Good I'll luck. manage. Thank you. Well, that, he'll turn to leave. Okay,
0: Marcus, you exit the rusty dragon. Marana, what are you doing? Um, uh, hmm. not really
4: sure. Was there anything left of the paper that burnt up? Kind of ashes or anything?
0: No. Just like flash paper, it, it, there's not much of anything left but smoke. Hmm. There's still a whole Help Wanted board. It seems as if, other than just a quick little bit of singeing, nothing was really affected. Well, she'll probably take a look at that
4: and see what, what, all, what all is on the board. Okay.
0: Are you looking for anything specific, or are you just perusing it for now to kill time?
4: Yeah, just a general glance to see who's
0: looking for what. Okay. Um... There's a few things that kind of catch your eye. The headmaster of the local school slash orphanage is requesting help to catch his pet that has escaped. There is a request to go out into the hinterlands to one of the mines near the Devil's Plateau, or Devil's Platter, rather, and rescue a pair of Dwarven brothers who are out there that haven't been heard of for about a week. Uh, that one's posted by the mayor herself. She's a little concerned about them. And there is obviously the whole thing about the potential of the Sandpoint Devil being around, that there's now a obvious vacant spot. That one really caught your interest.
4: Yeah, um, not too much else. That...
0: The sheriff has posted up a note about some goblins being spotted down at Junk Beach. It's more of like a public service announcement of, hey, they've been sighted, be cautious if in that area.
4: Oh, it's the goblins. Hmm. 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 Trying to think
0: what else she could try to do. There's a few of the notes that are kind of old and worn. Uh, just kind of like notes that have been up there for long, general statement things like th- there's a man by the name of Bordert Quink who is requesting artifacts of Thessalonian or Eslante nature. If you have them, see him. There's an advertisement for the Goblin Stomp stables on if you need a ride, purchase a mount, or want to sell one, come see him at the Goblin Stomp. And an herbalist-type thing of needing herbs and other healing curatives. If you have any of those for sale, bring them to Hannah's. Uh, with directions on where Hannah's is at, or if you need any healing or basic treatments of common maladies, come see Hannah. Mm. There, an ad for Vernaz Fine Clothing. If you need your future red, your palm red, come see Madame Mishtafti's house.
4: That one could be interesting.
0: She makes note of that for later. There's a playbill for the Sandpoint Theater. It looks like they they've got performances they're going to be going on over the festival week. Now, is this the the first
4: she's heard someone talking about recent experiences with the so-called devil? Rumors have existed for.
0: Uh, well, yeah, the rumors decades, but but. decades, if not centuries. People see it on occasion. Supposedly, uh, it's more often heard uh, of this frightful baying and flapping. Descriptions tell of it being a, a extremely large horse like on the size of like a Clydesdale with a mouth like an alligator, tail like a snake, the wings of a bat, and, and like, lion's paws, or something, but no one knows for sure. Those few that have seen it have seen it so briefly that they either have gone mad and have been uh, sent out to the sanitarium just outside of town, (laughs) or are completely unbelieved, or die in some tragic manner mere weeks after spotting it. So all that lives on is their recounting. And you know how that goes, you know, the whole grapevine thing. Yeah. So who, who can say what's actually real about this creature? Mm-hmm. Other than the consistency of the descriptions, always including horse-type figure with large bat-like wings and, you know, General demonic terror.
4: Now, Amico said he he's posted this multiple times. Morano Mur- would look over at Amico and say, just how long has he been posting
0: those things anyway? Oh, every couple days for the past week or so. Hmm. Interesting. No, it, it's quite unfortunate. The man's clearly touched in the head. It's... It's a sad state. And if he wasn't such a good farmer, we might have him sent to the sanitarium. Well, you know, some
4: some things have a way of working themselves out, you know. Maybe the isolation out there is just getting to him. It can do that. Anyway, see you another time. She's going to pick up the doll off of the table and... See what's going on out around town.
0: Okay. You head out of the Rusty Dragon. Meanwhile, at number 42, the Fat Man's Feed Bag. Finwarren, you walk into the Fat Man, deciding that it is time to finally find your meal for the midday. If the Hagfish is Sandpoint's most popular tavern, the Fat Man's Feed Bag is its most notorious. From what you overheard in the marketplace outside, bar fights are common, and Sheriff Hemlock typically has to come down two or three times a week to sort things out when things grow particularly violent or loud. The majority of the clientele here appears to be Varisian scoundrels or less than reputable sailors. Well, I wanted to uh, take a look around Sandpoint, so
3: might as well see what all the fuss is about, so I enter Fantman.
0: All right. Uh, As you look around the bar, uh, it's pretty lively and also fairly packed. They, They seem to serve good food here, despite its poor reputation. Because of the Sandpoint Festival, the town not being too large, it's not a big building. And it's one of those like hole in the wall types, very limited seating. There's only one open seat that you see, and it's at the table with a rat folk. Cornelius, having just arrived in the city a few hours ago on a fishing boat from Magnamar, you made your way from the docks, and this was the first place you found. You came in, quietly ordered
5: whatever you wanted, and... I don't care if I'm doing a gaff artist. This is one of, the, one of the cheapest animals. can Give me to what I described myself. Uh, Yes, please. All right. So, sitting at this table, sort of bent with this drink a little bit, you see probably something you haven't seen before, or at least that many of. You see a about four foot tall, wet type person with a tail, fur, huh? and uh, you see. Looking at his face, you can you can see over the over the drink. You see he's got gray like a gray fur face. He's wearing a uh, like an Indiana Jones style hat, you know, like a type of thing, with ears sticking out. And you see he's got an eye patch over one of his eyes. The other one is a bright green color, but mm-hmm. he's wearing like a large, like a duster overcoat, you can probably see bits of uh, leather peeking through mm-hmm. the front of the jacket. with bits of metal shoved into it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's just basically just sitting there. Slowly sitting, drinking his drink, and not only making too much eye contact with other folks.
3: Okay. uh well. uh Fen Warren has never come across his kind before, so he's initially a little shocked to see uh, this in front of him. But he he squeezes out. Um. I'm sorry, sir. Um, could I maybe sit here and and order some food and, and a drink?
5: I'll go ahead. Do this. uh what is you say? Well, I don't mind.
3: I appreciate it, and I I call over someone I can take an order if there's something like that.
0: Yep. Uh, a Large, burly man comes over to assist you. He's enormous. He introduces himself as Gressel. What do you have?
3: Ah, yes. Uh, May I have your cheapest ale? And uh, what do you have on offer for food today? Fish. Ah, and what kind of fish? Fish, fish.
0: Okay. I'll just have the fish then. Thank you. Good. He walks away. A couple minutes later, he comes back with, with a plate that's got, like, a potato broth and some stewed vegetables and a fish laid in it, like a shallow bowl. The the liquid of the broth only covers about half the fish. The fish has not been scaled. It has not been filleted. It is whole. Eye looking at you. It's not gasping for air, so it's definitely dead, you think. Lays that down in front of you. You drink next to it. Enjoy. turns to walk away. Uh, I look at the rat uh, in
3: front of me, and I I, I ask, so, um, um, how long have you been here? <laughs> All that long. Yes. Just a few hours. Oh, I see. Um, so, are you here for the festival that's coming around, or are you looking for something else?
5: Yeah, looking for work mostly. The festival is interesting, but work is mostly what things for here
3: I see I- I'm sorry by the way if I seem a little off I- I've never never seen your kind before so it's yeah
5: there aren't too many of us so I-, I guess you're used to it thanks for uh, well, well yeah mm-hmm. I get stares a lot a rude word I've come to expect it
1: That
5: mm-hmm. well, it's too bad if I could just I'm I'm
3: just picking up my fish and and looking at it and see if there's anything I can actually eat from it. The the plate is disgusting. I sampled the potato broth.
0: Uh, Despite its appearance, it actually tastes fairly good. Well, not as bad as it looks.
3: And I am hungry, so I'll just
0: power through. As you take your spoon and tap onto the fish to, like, kind of cut into it, it just falls apart. It's so tender and well-cooked. The aroma, as soon as you do this, then hits you, and this is one of the best whitefish meals you've ever had. Before you know it, you've eaten the whole thing, including the eyeball. guess you were hungry. Oh, it was... It was
3: delicious. I I didn't expect it. You should try it if you haven't.
5: <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was really good. Asimov, other... what brings you in town? If I may ask.
3: I'm mostly looking around and uh, seeing the sights. And uh, when I heard about the festival, I wanted to at least stay in town to see that one. But um, I'd like to travel so mostly mostly traveling and, and meeting new people
5: that's good a good reason as it the festival should be fun a well, lot much for uh, churches but festivities are always fun yeah.
3: yeah, i'm hoping it will be something to remember by at least before i leave this place for my, i'm not sure where i'm going next
5: Right. I am sorry. I uh, was rather rude. I haven't introduced myself. My name is Deadeye. Well, at least that's what folks call me.
3: Oh, Deadeye, huh? Uh, the name's Finn Warren Nice to meet you. I'll just extend my hand down. I pick up my cup and
0: drink my ale. Alright. Towery, you have made it into the hagfish. Being familiar with town, anything you're doing specific or you just wanted to come here because of nostalgia? What's going on with you?
2: Well, can I see the
0: owner? Of course.
2: So I would walk in and immediately having seen uh, Yargy, I would go, "Yargy, old friend. And I would walk up to, to like plant a big hug with like a super manly ass pat on the back of his, his back.
0: He squints at you and is, as you're hugging him, he goes, Oh, alas, you've grown. I haven't seen you in how long?
2: Too long, friend. Too long. What news of Sandpoint?
0: Oh, festival's coming up. Go and dedicate the new chapel after the late unpleasantness. It's time for, for new things and better beginnings.
2: Indeed, indeed, friend.
0: Runes, have
2: you... A bed for me? You usually do.
0: Ah, I... Sorry, I don't... Too many people coming into town for this... This festival. It's going to be quite the shindig.
2: I'm not sure if I like all these visitors in town.
0: He shrugs. Can't stay with your brother?
2: Oh, yeah. You haven't seen him, no? I have... I would look definitely surprised at this.
0: He's been spending a lot of time at the House of Blue Stones. But when he's not there, I I hear he's working as one of the bouncers for the... uh, He kind of grimaces. For the Pixie's Kitten. For the what, old friend? Uh, The the Pixie's Kitten. Have you been gone that long? It, It would seem so. Oh, it's the local brothel. Thought it was around when you were still here, but uh, maybe not. It has been a long time.
2: Yes, yes, definitely. Too long. I would definitely be grimacing at this, looking around, seeing if there's anybody interesting in the in the bar behind them or around them.
0: Uh It looks like local fare, but also a lot of sailors and a, a few... Uh, visitors that look like obvious merchants or religious types here for the dedication in a couple days of the new chapel.
2: What kind of religious types?
0: Ray, uh, Arastol, Avatar, Gozra.
2: Okay, it was, well, as soon as I see those people, I uh, would definitely make a point of turning around to leave abruptly. Well, I must go. It's getting late.
0: Take care, lass.
2: And you, old friend. And I'm going to leave the bar. All right. Is there anywhere near where I am that I know of that has an inn?
0: I'm trying to think if you're aware of anything that might have accommodations that aren't really considered inns.
2: Yeah, pretty much anything with a bed. She's not particularly
0: fussy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) In fact, actually, are there any sailors that she would recognize in the area? Like on the docks there?
0: Uh, There are a couple. Mostly fishermen. They busy? They seem to be.
2: Okay, then I probably wouldn't bother them. So I'd probably just walk up the streets to try and see where there are less people and see if I can see a sign that has some kind of cheap-looking inn that isn't highly populated around or outside it.
0: As you're walking around, there are two places that come to mind where it's a large enough building where there should be a bed, but nobody is really there. That is Madame Mavashti's house. Or the or, or the place known as Risa's Place.
2: Does Madame's Place look like a brothel?
0: It does not.
2: Okay, well then I would definitely go up there.
0: All right. Although from the outside this appears to be an ancient, decrepit manor house with several rooms, it is well known that only one person lives in this old be- building. Ancient and mysteria... Niska Mavashti has supposedly been around since the founding of Sandpoint decades ago. She is the local Varisian historian and seer, part of a long tradition of oracles in her family, supposedly. And as with many seers, the current age's unexpected departure from established prophecies has left her with a lifelong sense of brooding worry. She performs most of her readings with hero cards, or carved bones, but seems only very rarely to enjoy casting her predictions. She has long complained that the yearly travels of her extended family hurt her bones. And when Sandpoint was founded as part of the accord with the Sandpoint Merchantile League, the local Veresians demanded a large manor house be built for their respected elders. Once she passed away, the house was to revert to the town's property. However, she has proven exceptionally tenacious and long-lived. She survives with support from a volunteer who helps and her daughter, Koya Mavashti. She openly curses and spits at anyone she knows belongs to the Skarni. Druids from the Hinterlands make weekly visits to her home and help her along on the long walks she still enjoys in the nearby countryside. So, yeah, she's got a large manor, and there might be a room there if you can convince her. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try and do that. Okay. You knock on the door, and it's answered by her daughter, Koya.
2: Koya, is your your mother there, Van Aishant? I have uh, business.
0: She's out for a walk right now. Do I know you? You see a female clad in the clerical vestments of Desna.
2: Uh, no. I, uh... I'm a, I'm a visitor for the, the weekend. Oh. I was looking for a room. Oh. I was hoping your mother might be uh, available to help me.
0: Uh, are the inns all full?
2: Indeed. You are my last hope. Oh. And she's... She says that with, like, a bitter sort of biting her lip.
0: Well, uh, please come in.
2: Many thanks.
0: She nods and opens the door for you. Yeah, walk in. Uh, You see, as you enter the foyer, parlor, whatever, the first room right there. Off the side. Den, I guess, maybe. It's decorated and outfitted in exactly what you would expect from a poem reader type place.
2: Just curtains everywhere. Yeah,
0: the traditional Verisian decor. It,
2: it's the '60s.
0: Yeah, to call her, it her house
2: it's, is the '60s. Yeah, to
0: call it kitsch or gauche wouldn't be enough. <laughs>
2: yeah, G- I would definitely. Gaudy
0: isn't even enough of a word for this establishment.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would look definitely uncomfortable at this point. Yeah.
0: And on top of all of that, it's all old. It's clean. Yeah, it it's not like dusty or anything, because, I mean, there are people here cleaning it and whatnot, but it is definitely aged stuff. Great. Smell that patchouli. <laughs> yeah, it I'm not going to say you instantly regret your decision coming here.
2: Oh, I do. Okay. I absolutely do. (laughs) (laughs) The minute I met this other lady and it wasn't the right lady, regret instant.
0: (laughs) All right. As a cleric of Desna, being a goddess of travelers, she's almost honor bound by her goddess to give you a room. So you do have a room here free of charge. Excellent. as, As long as you help out with a few tasks
2: tell me more about these tasks
0: help feed mother help change mother help mother that's not that's not happening (laughs) (laughs) uh help give mother her medicine she hates that i might do that if you could hold her down that would be great oh i would
2: do that yeah
0: okay that will get you a room for sure uh not meals this isn't an Mm -hmm. inn you do have a place to sleep, at the very least, that will be safe yeah, well, and warm I'll and dry.
2: Probably eat in the, in the fish All right. So she showed me a room? Yes. Has she left?
0: Uh, yeah, she leaves you to the room to unpack, if you have anything that needs unpacking. Uh, you are in a upper room, kind of like a second-story, third-story loft. Mm -hmm. This is a manor, so I guess it would be third story.
2: Is it like a big room or like a sort of small box room type thing?
0: It's bigger than you expected you would be getting. It's definitely bigger than a normal inn's room. You could fit two or three other people in here easily.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Where's the bed? Is the bed in the middle of the room?
0: No, it's, it's off to one side. There's one window that looks out onto the streets. What number are we at? Number 28. So you're looking out okay. across the way onto Prickleback Lane mm-hmm. from this window. You can yeah, see the so, market if you kind of turn your head and kind of strain to see it.
2: Mm-hmm. So I would uh, walk in and uh, take off my sort of like fur cloak that I have and my backpack and the weapons that I have, I would sort of tuck them all into like a small sort of pile, I suppose you'd call it, at uh, the side, one of the ends of the bed. And if the bed is not directly under the window, I would move it under the window. And then I would kneel at the window and take out, there's like a statuette that I have in my backpack. It's kind of ugly and horrific it's sort of like two figures and one of them is like chewing the other one. And I would put that in front of me and I would kneel down and start praying silently.
0: Okay. As you were getting stuff ready and looking out the window, you see a lot of people dressed dressed as not the Sandpoint Commoner style, not Veresian style, clearly from Magnamar or other places. Um, there's also a lot of people here dressed as commoners, but obviously from the hinterlands or beyond that are roaming around in the market in the streets. It It is a much busier place than you recall.
2: Is that loud, I assume?
0: Uh, not loud enough to distract you from your prayers, but... It's not quiet. There is definitely a bustle about the streets.
2: At what time of day is it,
0: roughly? Uh, It's getting close to two or so in the afternoon.
2: Okay. I would probably go and have a short nap after my prayers because I've just traveled for probably on foot for the most part from kind of a great distance. All right. And after that, then I would maybe go somewhere else, but I would definitely be napping. With my eyes appearing to be wide open, because they're just pale whites, so she looks like her eyes are always open.
0: Give me a perception check.
2: Okie dokie. If I can find it.
0: All right. When you awaken, you, you find toys. Around your room that you didn't put there, in fact, you don't remember there being any toys in this room. There there's a red bouncy ball that is popular among children from a long time ago. You didn't you, you haven't seen any children play with this type of toy for at least a decade. That seems to be sitting right by your head on the bed.
2: Did it just appear there?
0: Well, you were asleep. You you wake up and it's there. Okay. And there's other toys scattered about the room. Old toys like uh, horse carts and those uh, like wooden ducks with the flappy leather feet or whatever that you pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those types of things.
2: Are any of them moving at this at this moment no no Well when i wake up i would probably throw the the ball on the floor because it would probably get in my face so i'd probably just throw it over onto the floor and i wouldn't really pass a huge amount of notice to the toys i definitely think it was a, a touch odd but i just assume that some child somewhere came in maybe and was playing and I didn't notice it. Give but me it would be definitely odd that I didn't check. notice it. Okay.
0: As you throw the ball you hear very faint laughter as if it's coming from outside. But I would rush to the window and look. But trying to
2: hide my face from looking at the window.
0: Yeah. There are no children in the street.
2: This is fine. Uh, where did the ball go?
0: It's back on the bed. Next to the pillow.
2: I'm going to throw it again.
0: Give me another perception check. Okay. Uh, y- you see it bounce. It looks like it hits the wall or something and bounces back and lands right back near the pillow.
2: And there's, there's no noise again?
0: Y- you don't really hear anything you don't notice anything
2: and are there are there any cupboards in the room any kind of wardrobes, presses anything like that?
0: It, there is
2: so I will take the ball and walk over to one of the presses like a wardrobe, shove it into one of the 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 drawers and then just close the drawer and just sit back and
0: see perception checks you feel a slight tug. On your clothing, but by your uh, left leg, and hear a faint, like, whispered crying of, play with me.
2: I'm going to ignore that. And go back to the bed. And start packing my, like, essentials.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just packing your stuff up, huh?
2: I mean, I'm not running anywhere yet. I'm just packing my stuff, just just in case. Sure. Anything else weird happen while I'm packing?
0: Perception check.
2: So many perception
0: checks. The little pole duck starts moving around the room a little bit. Okay. Not like it's being dragged by someone running around, but like, just... A couple inches or so, every few moments.
2: Oh, I'm so torn on how she would respond to this. Uh, At this point, I would pick up my staff, my walking stick, and I would just sort of lunge it at the, the duck, but not to crush it, just to stop it from moving. Sort of just holding it in place. To just see if anything else starts moving when I stop it.
0: Okay. Uh, Roll me an attack roll.
2: Okay. So I just press attack. Uh, With the staff, yeah?
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, You managed to put the staff right across its path so it can't be pulled anywhere. But it still looks like it's trying to be pulled and it's bumping into the staff.
2: So I can... Yeah, okay.
0: But you don't really feel any resistance on your staff. You just hear the click of it every once in a while as it smacks into the staff. and
3: mm-hmm. There's,
0: like, no force there at all. Just the weight of your staff in your hand is enough to stop it from moving.
2: Can I see if this is any kind of magic? Arcane. And where do that be? Knowledge, I assume. Yes. Yeah, I don't have any proficiency in that, so...
0: All right. Uh, Spellcraft could also be a possibility for you.
2: Which I do have, so...
0: Spellcraft of five. Uh, You are aware of the very prevalent spell, the cantrip, known as prestidigitation, as well as mage hand. Mage Hand can manipulate and move any object within 30 feet of the caster. That is not a magical object. Uh, It can lift up to 5 pounds of weight. It's very useful for many mages. Prestidigitation has uh, a nice effect where it can apply up to a pound of force on an object. So the pushing or pulling could be from that type of application of prestidigitation. Okay. You're thinking magically someone could be pulling a prank on you.
2: That's absolutely what I'm thinking at this point. Yeah. So at this point I would uh, sigh heavily. I'd lift up my staff and call out show yourself fiend. Perception check.
4: Oh, straight to Fiend, no
0: fun. It's my character, dude. You see nothing, but you feel a slight breeze, and you hear... Play with me!
2: I will not. I am busy. She's starting to get slightly irritated at this point. You could
0: hear that in her voice. You hear now several different voices all as if coming from the same spot, all speaking at the same time. Play with me. Play with me. Play with me. Play with me. Play with me.
2: Okay. This is fine. This is fine.
0: (laughs) The voices run the gamut of age and sex as if A dozen or so people are all saying the same thing simultaneously.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And with Mage Hand, how close would someone have to be to cast it?
0: The closest would be 30 feet.
2: I'm going to go over and open the door.
0: You open the door.
2: Anybody in the hallway?
0: There's no one.
2: And what was the lady, the daughter, what was her name? Koya. I'm going to call out for Koya.
4: For we are
0: legion. (laughs) Uh, From downstairs, like from the first floor, you hear her call up. Yes, dear.
2: Do you need anything? I'm just going to shout her name again. Do you need more blankets? Going to continue to just call out for her until she actually arrives here.
0: Does she come up? Uh, Eventually, she comes up and says, What do you want? Can you not come down? Or at least answer me like a civilized person. It's only courteous.
2: I am not civilized. I'm not in the business of being civilized. Nor, apparently, are these voices. You hear them? Yes? What voices? Don't be coy with me. The voices in the room with the toys.
0: She looks around the room. What toys?
2: Can I roll uh, to see if she is being a little bit of a liar?
0: Uh, No, as you turn around, uh, turning your focus from getting her attention by yelling down the stairs back into the room, there are no toys. And the voices have stopped. Somewhere Mm. along the line of you yelling down for her, they stopped.
2: Well, at this point, I'm convinced that it's her. That did it. And I'm just staring at her, like, with the a pretty fearsome look of, like, this is super not funny. What do you need? Silence. And rest.
0: She looks confused.
2: <laughs> she thinks I'm insane, doesn't she?
0: Sense motive. You're not getting a good read on her.
2: As in I can't tell or she's being some
0: kind of shady. Uh, As in you can't tell. She seems to be genuinely confused at what you're talking about. And as you're trying to like size her up and get a good feel for what if she was the culprit or not, she goes,
2: did you have a nightmare? I do believe I am having a nightmare right now. And I'm just going to go back into the room and close the door. What? Slamming it.
0: <laughs> you hear from the other side and muffled,
2: what? That's it. Just packing my shit. Leaving the fucking room.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Is she still out there when I walk past?
0: It, yeah, still extremely confused.
2: Just got to keep walking.
0: She looks in the room, sees all your stuff's packed up. "Uh, Will you not be staying with us then? She yells down the stairs as you're leaving. (laughs) I don't
2: reply. I just leave.
0: All right. Tauri has exited Madame's Chateau, walks out into the street, turns towards the market, and sees a face she recognizes. Having... Recently left the Fat Men's Feedback. You see uh, Cornelius. You, you see Cornelius. Okay. Or Deadeye. Walking through the stall.
5: Well, you would know my name is Cornelius.
2: Yeah, I don't know that your name is Cornelius, do I? Yeah, you do. Oh, I do?
5: He probably the only one that does.
2: Okay, sweet. So how far away is he, roughly?
5: <clears throat> um...
0: It, there's a crowd between the two of you because of the market, but you know, close enough that you recognize him.
2: And is he with anybody? Is he on his
0: own? Does he look like, busy? That is a great question, Finn Warren, Would you have accompanied him after having your meal and discussing
5: stuff? Like I was left on my own. If you came with me, I would like be, be like turn you away, but like. That's up to you.
3: I'll, I'll go with your choice here, so... You're alone this time, then.
5: Right. just okay.
0: be. We will circle back with uh, what Finn Waren did in a little bit, then.
2: So is he doing anything specifically? Cornelius, is he looking for anybody? Is Probably he...
5: just posing. I'm just looking around around right? I, I don't look like I'm looking for anybody. I'm just wanted to look at the stars. See what there is.
2: Yeah, so I'd walk over to him. Just sort of casually. Just bustle through the crowd and... sort of nod at him as I'm approaching him.
5: Why are you approaching him? left or right.
2: That would depend on which building is which number,
0: Furtive. Uh, you were walking out of 28 and heading down into 35.
5: Yeah, that's where I was. Then I would see I you and. you and say. Tally. It's been a while.
2: Indeed it has, Cornelius. Have you ever been to Sandpoint before?
5: Oh, once before. Many years ago.
2: It's a miserable place, but I love it.
5: I haven't seen you in a while.
2: I've been doing things.
5: Things are. very good. Booth. Where are you staying? Well, I... I have arrived, uh. I believe I arrived today, right? Earlier.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just arrived a few hours ago.
5: So far, I haven't found a place. The exhibition seem to be full. Yes, the festival
2: seems to be taking all the good places, even the bad places. Uh, uh, is there a sign towards the hagfish around?
0: Uh, the hagfish is over at thirty-three. Yeah, you, you, you see
5: yeah
2: so I would point to that as well.
5: Mm, yep. Mm. Mm. I a place yet. Have you? Of sorts. Of sorts.
2: Yes, well, I was uh, going to get some uh, lunch. Did you want to join me?
5: It's busy. been a few hours to
2: Excellent. And uh, I would uh, start walking towards the hogfish again.
0: All right. Finwarren, when you left, which way would you have turned? Since you were not accompanying Deadeye. Uh, let's see, where was the fat man? 42.
3: Okay. I would probably go up Salmon Street to the left and up to Marker Street.
0: Okay, uh, back to the Rusty Dragon? Yeah, I think I would go back there. Okay, uh, that's 37 right at the end of Salmon Street. Yep.
3: And I think... Uh, do, uh, can you Can you sleep there in the... Dragon.
0: Yeah, it's an end
3: I probably uh, wanna grab a room and uh, take a nap.
0: Okay. Uh, when you go into reserve a room, there are no vacancies. Oh, of course.
3: <laughs> All right, So I asked the innkeeper if he knows, if she knows any places that could have. Any vacancies at all?
0: Uh, She doesn't. Other than going and trying at the White Deer, she doesn't think anywhere will have any vacancies. Okay.
3: I thank the innkeep, and I I decide to move to the White Deer and see if
0: I have any luck at all. All right. Uh, The White Deer is number three. Was anyone else heading to the White Deer? I forget. Yes, Marcus was. Okay. And... Marana, w- were you just hanging out at the Rusty Dragon? What were you doing?
4: Ah, uh, she had left. I didn't really have any place in mind for her to go right now. Um... I guess she could end up there. The only other place I could think that she might have gone would be to go visit her, uh... her her friend in town and uh, see if he had heard anything about this farmer.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's go with the friend then and remind me who that is in a moment. Alright. Alright. Marcus and Finn Warren, uh, you both arrive around the church area, the, the square in front of the new church. At about the same time, kind of from different directions as you're wandering through town. And realize fairly quickly after greeting each other for a second time that you're headed in about the same direction, uh, up towards the White Deer. Ah, I see we meet again.
1: You also looking for accommodation? I thought you had somewhere.
3: Yeah, I did sleep at the Rusty Dragon, but uh, now when I went back, it's completely full. And uh, I asked the innkeep they knew uh, anywhere you, you could stay and they only had the white deer to recommend to try at least
1: hmm <laughs> yes same well shall we see if they have and then uh, given the scarcity of rooms if they have one I don't know maybe we could share it I
3: mean if it's if it's really sparse I could yeah we could do that
1: uh, I don't mind. Well, other other than that, my other plan is finding somewhere to sleep outside of town, which wouldn't be my first choice.
3: It wouldn't be my first choice either, but if worse comes to worse, uh, that's what we have to do.
1: Well, let's see what fate holds for us. Shall we? Yep, after you. Alright. You enter
0: the white deer. You walk by the pair of wooden deer outside and you enter to this brand new what seems like building uh, three stories tall a stone first floor and wooden upper floors dozens of large rooms that each look to accommodate two to three guests easily. A somber quiet shawanti man named Garrodin, approaches you. Uh, he introduces himself as Garrodin. Ah, guests! Ah, it's... Welcome!
1: How busy is it in here compared to the other places?
0: This building is almost empty. There's a couple people standing around the lobby, but you're not sure, based on their dress, if they're actually patrons or not.
1: Yes, I believe both of us were hoping you might have rooms free.
0: Room? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I have a room. Just just the one.
1: You mean you have one room? Or are you asking if we only want one?
0: Y- yeah, just you just want one room, correct? Out. There's a festival in town, you know.
1: Yes, we heard that. And I'll glance at Fenwaran. But we were more thinking if you had more than one
3: room available, or is it just the one? So you want two rooms?
0: If that is possible.
1: It would be preferable, yes.
0: Okay, okay. He's nodding fervently, and then he walks away. He goes into a back side room.
3: I I turned to uh, Marcus and and just whispered to him, where do you went off to?
1: I really don't know.
0: Give me a perception check. You you can hear some rummaging around in that room he was in and some some grumbling or muttering. I decided
3: to walk up and, and just take a peek inside the room and see what he's doing.
0: As you peer into the room, uh, you see him rummaging through a drawer. Uh, He's got a key in one hand, but he's rummaging with the other. Uh, He turns the opposite way of where you're standing and bellows. Mary! Where's that key? And then turns back and starts rummaging through the drawer some more. A few seconds later a woman comes in and sees you and, and does a slight curtsy and, and rushes over to him and opens a drawer beside the one he's in and just reaches in, grabs a key, and hands it to him. Ah! Oh, there. And it turns back around. Oh! Here. Uh, a key for you. and he, he looks to see if your companion is with you and Not seeing that, he just pushes past you out into the lobby, approaches Finwarren and hands Finwarren a room key. There's
1: a room for you, too. You mean Marcus?
0: Sorry, yes. I
1: confused which one was which. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Apologies. No, it's fine. Just wanting to be clear.
0: (sighs) Uh, That'll be five silver per night.
1: How long will you be staying with us? Uh, for myself, four nights. Same for me.
0: That'll be twenty silver each.
1: That's two gold, right? He nods. Yes, I'll hand over two gold coins. Yeah, i do the same. Thank you.
0: Enjoy your rooms. He tucks the gold away and then turns and walks off.
1: Well... Wow. Looking at the key, is it actually labeled with a room number or anything?
0: It is not.
1: I guess we're meant to find out which room it is by trial and error then?
3: Uh, I, I think maybe I'll ask him
0: if he could direct us to which rooms uh, these go to. When you make your request, he, he looks at you with, with like this stern frown it looks over at one of the people standing in the hall and snaps his finger and points back at you guys. And one of them rushes over. He's like, "Oh, uh, apologies. Uh, how, how might we help you?" I would very much like to know uh, what rooms we got.
1: Yes, it would be helpful. Holding the key up, uh, they
0: look at the key and goes, "Oh, uh, this is uh, room two on the second floor." And, uh, this is room four on the second floor. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have any luggage we need to carry?
3: No, that's all right. I just have my backpack. Likewise. Thank you.
0: Can we carry that for you?
3: No, that's all right.
1: I'll, I'll carry it myself.
0: Anything we can do for you at all?
1: Not right now for me, but thank you for the offer. I will bear that in mind.
0: Certainly. Uh, Dinner will be served in about three hours. Uh, Please enjoy your accommodations and feel free to let us know if you need anything, anything at all.
3: Thank you for that, good sir.
0: Yes, thank you. They they bow like two, three times each.
3: I walk towards my room and
0: unlock the door. Okay. Inside is a large room, two full-size beds. It is immaculately clean. Looks like no one has ever stayed here before. It's that nice. There's a dresser and a like a foot locker type lock box at the end of the beds. A nice stained glass window looks out over the Veracchian Gulf out into the bay. I
3: decide to um, take my backpack off and my cloak. Put it in the
1: lockbox and lock it and have a little nap.
0: All right. Marcus?
1: Uh, we'll also go to his room as much as anything to, to make sure that the like, key does actually work where he's been directed to. We'll, we'll go in and have a look around.
0: Into your own room? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I assume that... it's a similar description?
0: Uh, almost identical. The furnishings vary slightly. It's yeah. a nice, rustic, Varegian attire uh, with a little bit of showanty flair.
1: Okay. Yeah, Marcus will remove his pack carefully, uh, set it down, and, yeah, it's obviously weighs quite a lot as far as he's concerned. It's the sheer relief of having it off and he's stretching and the like. And then he will open his backpack, and peer inside and say, Hello there, are you feeling a little better now? As, for for want of a description, something that looks fairly similar to a flying squirrel comes climbing out and up his arm onto his shoulder.
0: Yeah, I was thinking something kind of like a sugar glider, which is very similar to a flying squirrel.
1: Yeah. Uh, And with that, he proceeds about unpacking his pack and settling into the room. Alright. Marana,
0: you have left the Rusty Dragon and have headed off in search for your friend. What would you like to do? Uh, Well,
4: I suppose he's probably got some kind of office somewhere.
0: Can you remind me who you're looking for?
4: Uh, Was it Zinker? Because Of the uh, my background or
0: my campaign trait, Wh- which campaign trait was that? I know we've discussed this, but I've completely forgotten. Feel free to DM me. Oh, right, okay, yes, that old chestnut. All right, uh, you know that he is located at 48, as that is their manor. All right, uh, we'll go try to pay them a
4: visit and see if he is
0: in. All right, Uh, you head across the Sandpoint Bridge and work your way out to the little peninsula where the four founding families have made their manors. Passing the first manor, which is the Valdemar Manor, uh, you come to the Scarnetti Manor. Down the way is the Kijitsu Manor and the Deverin Manor. What would you like to do?
4: Approach the, uh, the Scarnetti Manor and knock on the door.
0: Uh, a uh, butler opens the door. N- yes? Eyeing you up and down.
4: I mean, does he recognize me, or is Morona's kind uh, of... Doesn't... Uh, sense motive. Uh, okay, let me look that up. Someday I'll have a character with a good sense motive.
0: That day is not today. No. Uh, if he does recognize you, he's giving no signs that he does. At the very least, he wasn't expecting you.
4: Marona rolls her eyes a little bit and says, I'm checking to see if the Lord of the Manor is in. I'd like to talk to him.
0: Yes, follow me. He turns and holds the door for you as you enter. Thank you. He leads you to a lounge waiting room. Wait here. Would you like any tea? That'd be nice. Yes, thank you. He gives a courteous bow and leaves. A few minutes later, he returns with a teacup on a saucer uh, with a spoon. Uh, On the saucer's side is a couple cubes of sugar, and he is also carrying a little saucer of milk. He sets them all down in front of you on the table and leaves again.
4: Just take a seat at the table and stir the sugar into the tea
0: and wait. Okay. After you've almost finished the tea, a large man comes into the room, looks at you, and you've come for.
4: Uh, she says, "I just stopped by to see how things in town were. There was a little, little bit of a." Not really a disturbance, kind of some confusion with one of the farmers, with the Rusty Dragon. I was just wondering if any word had been going around town. Claims he's heard the devil or something.
0: Oh, him. Yes. He claims to have had a sighting or two or whatever about the Sandpoint Devil, that old legend. If we didn't need his service as a farmer, I'd swear we'd lock the old loon up, but...
4: Well, apparently he's had he been posting some kind of what he claims to be a drawing of it, and it keeps bursting into flame, much like the stories say. It's just a little weird. Uh, Doesn't seem like something somebody like him would be able to set up on their own, if it was some kind of hoax.
0: If he's hearing shrieks and the flapping of wings as he claims, it could be any number of things. Could even be that black dragon that's in the area just hunting for itself and the screams being whatever victim it happens to find. There's no guarantee it's actually the the, the Sandpoint Devil. <laughs> that's preposterous. And even if it were... The ill omens only befall those who see it.
4: Oh, definitely. I wasn't saying I was lending any kind of credence to what he was saying. I was just wondering if there was any word about anything that... Any other problems that might be arising?
0: No, no. Uh, Since the late unpleasantness, not much has really gone on. Uh, The sheriff is giving the family a little bit of a hard time. He he thinks he knows who the ringleader, and he does the finger quotes thing, of the Scarnies are in town. But
4: oh, Of course he does.
0: Th- that organization keeps falling on its sword to protect their higher-ups. They're very good at that. Even if he's right, he'll never be able to find any evidence or proof. Or Even if he did, he wouldn't be able to do anything about it. The news would travel so fast... Said perpetrators would be out of town faster than he would a- be able to mobilize any sort of garrison to apprehend them. Yes, definitely.
4: Well, I will come by again when I, if I hear anything else, or if there's anything else I can try
0: and find out some more information on. Perhaps you could go speak to Mayor Devlin. We've been trying to purchase a parcel of land out by the sanitarium. uh, A little patch of wood that would be really good to log. But when we went and scouted it, the price was very cheap. The wood seemed infested with spiders. Maybe you can suss out the truth from her on why the land's so cheap or if there's some sort of Scheme going on trying to make us expend manpower for no reason. I will definitely look into that. That
4: is strange. And then I guess I'll see how the festival is shaping up. Always strange things that happen around these.
0: If it's in your ability to make sure things happen, please do make sure the festival is not interrupted by any unpleasantness planned by anyone. I would
4: always endeavor to make sure things go off without a hitch.
0: He doesn't even crack a smile. He just looks at you with, with like, this sullen face. Like, really? She just looks back at him with that wide-eyed look of innocence. Hmm. Anyway, this festival has brought in a lot of business to town. It's a good thing. We want this trend to keep going on. Don't jeopardize it.
4: I wouldn't dare. Anyway, I've taken enough of your time. Enjoy your day. I'll try to stop by and talk to the mayor. I should be able to get a chance tomorrow, I think. Don't know how much longer she'd be taking visitors this
0: afternoon. It's a small town. You might be able to catch her in any one of the eateries later tonight.
4: That is a fair point. I'll ask around.
0: Take care. You as well. He stands and sees you out. The butler follows you to the door, leads you out, and then closes the door behind you, without a word.
4: All right. I guess I'll start checking some of the restaurants Let's see if anyone has seen the
0: mayor about then. Uh, it is rumored that the mayor will be dining with the uh, Kajitsu family tonight.
4: Kujitsu is the Rusty Dragon? Or is that a private residence? Private rev- residence. Okay. I couldn't remember.
0: The uh, Rusty Dragon owner's name? Uh, it is Kijitsu. Oh. But... Number 50 on the map is the Devlin Manor. Number 49 is the Kajitsu Manor.
4: I mean, I guess after walking all the way back to town and going to all these different places to get that information, she'll walk all the way back
0: to the Kajitsu Manor. Are you knocking on the door? Sure. Okay. When you knock on the door, a maid... Uh, Halfling maid opens the door. Uh, Who are you?
4: Oh, good day, my dear. I am Marona Mallory. I uh, had heard the mayor was taking dinner here today. There was a slight bit of pressing business. I was hoping to get some information on. I was wondering if I'd have a chance to speak with her.
0: No. And... She closes the door.
4: Well, aren't we the snooty little... Alright, fine. I'll go to her office tomorrow. Walks all the way back to town again.
0: Alright, where are you headed now? Ah, don't really know. Well, in that case, you wander into the hagfish. That sounds as likely as any other place. It's a lively crowd here tonight at the the Hagfish. Behind the bar, the the big tank of sludge water <laughs> that Nora the Hagfish is swimming around in it is crowded around by a lot of people at the bar who are trying their luck to win the bag of money each one's getting a flagon of this this slime ridden water and attempting to down it and hold it down and no one is able to do so they keep one after another trying the challenge all these tourists all these visitors in town for the festival trying their mettle against this local challenge Take a seat out of
4: the splash zone and watch for a while
0: in amused disgust. Okay. Uh, Deadeye and Towery are both here as well. You're not watching the festivities necessarily, but it's definitely going on and you are aware of it.
2: Yeah, I would probably be at the quietest, darkest, dingiest part of the whole room, watching.
5: All right. Which would suit Deadeye just fine.
2: I would imagine everyone's staring at him as
5: well. Which is why, yeah. It's usually fine to be out of the way.
0: You get a few looks from time to time, Deadeye, but no one's really approaching you or staring overly long. They're treating you more as a curiosity than anything. Marana, you look around the bar after observing this for a few minutes and, and see lively discussion going on, a few games of cards here or there. Anything specific you want to be doing? Uh,
4: just going to try and listen for a minute to see if I overhear anything interesting. Aha. Uh-huh. You've said the magic words. Not the best perception roll in history, but I
0: suppose it'll do. Ah, not in this document, I see. It is in the other document. Yes. Oh, the other document. No, not that document. The other one. The other other document.
4: No, sir. The
0: other car. Pardon me while I scroll. Really? Well, okay. That's fine. I can work with that. Can you, though?
1: Things not as you expected from the sounds of it?
0: They are not. And your check was a, a 17. Indeed. <clears throat> You're overhearing. Some talk from a few locals at a nearby table uh, discussing Emiko Kajitsu and the Kujitsu family's f- falling out and speculating on what adventure life she had that only saw her adventuring for a year coming back alone without her party that she left with. But with enough riches to buy the rusty dragon, fix it up and start running it. Which caused the estrangement from her family. What happened? They don't know. They they think maybe she backstabbed them all or let them all die in a trap. They're like they're throwing theories around.
4: Hmm. Interesting. She's gonna take some notes on some of the things they say. Like I can look into that. That could be that could be useful.
0: After a few moments of this, they realize that you're listening to them as you're writing things down and mumbling. They just stop talking and look at you. Can you go away?
4: What? I'm sitting here writing a letter. I'll roll bluff if you need me to. Yes, please. All right, because that's going to involve that. That's going to be that.
0: Don't forget to carry the three. I won't.
4: I'm going to do something even more interesting. It's going to be a GM roll.
0: Oh. All right.
4: Can't even write a letter in peace.
0: They go back to their discussion. They've changed topics now. You'll need another perception to listen in again, or you can move on and leave them be. What would you like to do?
4: Hmm. That is a tempting decision. Let's push the luck and let it ride.
0: Oof. Net 20.
5: this <laughs> one. Very nice.
1: And I have to resist the urge to go lucky for an amount in response to that.
5: My dice
4: continue to come through when I want them to.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they began talking about someone known as Chopper and how... They're planning on going through the houses at Church Street and Shell Street and along Junker's Way and whatnot, along Tower Street, and maybe using Chopper's Mark as a joke. It's clear they're drunk. Huh.
4: Is this something that would be a knowledge local Then on that name? Is this a known figure, or... It would be.
0: Well, a 20 result will get you some sort of answer. I don't know if you're gonna like it. What specifically are you wanting to know about? Chopper or Chopper's Mark? Let's start with
4: Chopper. Cause that just sounds
0: juicy. All right. Chopper is the nickname of the serial killer that was in Sandpoint, who over the course of one month claimed 25 victims. He had an uncanny knack at eluding traps and pursuit quickly. He wore down the town guard and was a particular thorn in the side of Sheriff Averton, who increasingly took to drinking over that month. (laughs) Sheriff Averton himself was Chopper's last victim, slain upon catching the murderer in a narrow lane, known now as Chopper's Alley, as he was mutilating his latest victim. In the battle that followed, Averton landed a telling blow against the killer when Baylor Hemlock, now the current sheriff, who was then a mere town guard, found both bodies, Averton and the penultimate victim. Several minutes later, he rallied the guards and were then able to follow the killer's blood trail that Averton had given him this wound, tracked him to the old light and killed him there. Very interesting. They thought that Chopper had gone to go claim old, poor Jarvis Stute as his 26th victim. But what they found in the modest home at the top of the aisle and in a larger complex of rooms that had been carved into the bedrock below left no room for doubt. Jarvis Stute was Chopper. Within this room that he was found in were the eyes and tongues of all 25 victims found upon a horrific altar, supposedly to some demon lord or winged creature. Hmm. Stute himself was found dead at the base of the altar, having plucked out his own eyes and tongue as his final offering. It's said that the guards collapsed the entrance to the lower chambers, burned Stute's house down to the stairs, and did their best to suppress the whole thing. Hmm. Stute was burned in a pyre on the beach, his ashes blessed and then scattered in an attempt to stave off unholy returns of his evil spirit. As fate would have it, Sandpoint soon had a new tragedy to bear, one that almost eclipsed Chopper's rampage. As a mere month after the murderer was slain, a terrible fire struck Sandpoint. The fire started in the Sandpoint Chapel and spread quickly. As the town rallied to save the church, the inferno expanded, consuming the North Coast stables, the White Deer Inn, and three homes. In the end, the church burnt to the ground, leaving the town's beloved priest, Esrikin Tobin, and his beautiful adopted daughter, Nualia, dead. All that remains today of the once loved stut carvings, ragged scars on buildings and figureheads where owners used hatchets to try to remove what had become a haunting reminder of the wolf in the fold. The homes and businesses that were ravaged by the fire have been reconstructed and the Sandpoint Chapel has finally been rebuilt. The dedication ceremony, the Swallowtail Festival, is going to be the consecration of this new chapel. And many in the town are hoping that it will let them put the late unpleasantness behind them.
4: Morana looks at the the doll. She'd sit on the table and low voice kind of says, you know, someone's always trying to take Chances roll in people's lives away from that. It's ridiculous, really. All right. Hmm. What to do with that information? Um, Out of character, would it be a separate knowledge local for the mark?
0: It would be. Sad. All right. Uh, You know of a thing called Strutzmark? Mark? The thing that many in town that have had it put on their buildings because it was unknowingly linked to Chopper, they have tried to remove or deface. Stutt had a habit of carving various birds into the sides of buildings. At one point in time, it was considered like a badge of honor to have a bit of his street art. But... Then when the truth became known, it it was not.
4: Huh. How many of these drunk fools are there? Three. Alright, this could go amazingly or terribly. Well, what the hell. Let's try it. She's going to get their attention. Hey, you again. What do you want? Oh, just, just a moment of your time. Um, might I suggest something to you? No.
0: <laughs> I told her no. <laughs>
4: okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Now, you are obviously inebriated and having... Foolish notions about what may or may not be fun. Now, do you know what she's saying? I can't under... Hey. You're drunk and talking foolishness. How's
0: that? Your foolishness. One of them stands up. You got a problem with them. You talk to me. Very well, I shall
4: attempt to talk to you. Another one stands up. You got a problem with him. You talk to us. All right. And this is where things could get really interesting. We're going to try and intimidate roll. She's going to say, Would you sit down and listen for a
0: moment? They both stagger back into their seats, speechless. Now then, now that I have your attention. Uh, This also gathers the attention of the tables around you, uh, which includes uh, Deadeye and Tauri. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Someone is making a scene. There was almost a bar fight. It didn't happen. You're intrigued. Mm -hmm. Now then.
4: Might I infer that somewhere within your mind, I guess would be the word? Maybe? I don't know. Somewhere within you lies some form
0: of pride in
4: your town.
0: What of it? Well... Another one's like, nah. The other one's kind of being sheepish.
4: Okay. Well, even if there isn't... This town is where you live the worse this town does the less livelihood you have the less money you make the less you can drown the events of what passes for your life in this tavern has that point been made clear she's mean Shh. she's
0: saying stuff
4: now I present this thought to you. With everything that this town has been through, with this festival trying to bring life back to it, prosperity back to it, doing things that would upset the populace and cause issues with that prosperity being brought back would essentially cause harm to yourself by denying you the money that you can use to drown said sorrows here.
0: What's she talking
4: about? Shh,
0: I don't know.
4: I'm talking about your foolhardy idea. Dragging up the memories of the events that have happened in this town. Someone went against what Chance had in store for people's lives. And we know you, we you saw s- what the effects s- of that were. You,
0: you, you, <clears throat> you, you, sound like Shh. a Scarnetti.
4: I am a Mallory. I have the best interests of the town in mind. You're not even Verisian, are you? Pride in where you're from has nothing to do with where someone else is from.
0: Man, forget you. Screw Scarnetti! Get out of here.
4: I'm going nowhere. Just, just ignore her and maybe she'll leave us alone. I may leave you alone, but chance has its own way of handling things.
0: I only urge you not to. Maybe, maybe chance is, Maybe chance will see me handle you, eh? He, he winks.
4: Chance reports a 0% probability on that. Hey, you never know until you try. Come on, let's try. I would sooner copulate with the hagfish.
0: Hey, hey, it, boss! You, the hagfish challenge! Special order! <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and why are you
4: here? Uh, just go away. I am here because chance brought me here. It's already proven that I can talk and think circles around you in my sleep. Let's not have me have to do it more while you are semi-conscious.
0: Yurgi is coming over after being called boss by these lunatics. I mean, these drunk fellows, these nice chaps, his patrons. <coughs> Um, something about Hagfish Challenge. Which one is it? You! You!
4: All three of them. Should I roll bluff on that? Yeah.
0: All three of them, all right. Come on, boys. Get up. You gotta do it at the bar. He he takes them all the way to drink Hagfish. They're deep enough in their cups, none of them pass. They all throw up everywhere on themselves, on each other. It's quite a mess. Morana leans back in
4: her chair and says, Once again, chance wins. <laughs> they are taken
0: out the dock and tossed into the harbor to clean off.
4: She makes a note that she's going to have to keep an eye out for them doing stupid things.
0: And I think I'm good there. <laughs> All right, uh, you claim their former table for your own. Of course, as it should be. Uh Uh-huh. No one comes near you from the general populace unless our other players here would like to join you after seeing this display. And she sits back with a glass of wine.
2: I mean, I would absolutely not be joining him after that. It's a bit public and a bit messy for my character.
0: Understood. And did I seconds that it sentiment?
5: I mean, if you're getting it, I won't. Alright. Mm. But every moment I will turn it to Tommy uh, and say, mm. well, we still don't have a place to stay, do we? Or do you?
2: Is that directed at Terry? Yes. She sighs deeply. I might have a place you could stay.
5: That would be nice.
2: I, no, it's, it, it's not nice at all.
5: Uh, you sure? I mean, it's a pretty nasty place.
2: No, I'm not sure about it at all. <laughs> it's horrific. At, at this, she would have like a bowl of like fish soup, and she would just knock the rest of it back. All right. And I would assume we head for Madame Creepy's
0: house. Oh, you're headed back there.
2: Oh, hell yeah, dude. It's free.
4: It's
0: free. <laughs> it's free. It's free real estate.
2: Free real estate. All right. It's probably dark enough now as well, isn't it? It's evening it, time.
0: It's definitely getting towards evening. Streetlights are starting to be lit by a, a town runner going around. Lighting each lantern.
2: Yeah, so it's probably gonna get pretty wild with the festival and stuff, so i definitely go back to the Ella uh, the haunted manor of death. Okay. To sleep soundly.
0: Okay. It's not that bad.
2: I mean, were you playing ball with a child? I don't think so. Were you? Yes.
0: <laughs> From what I know. <laughs> Alright, uh, it's been a few hours now Both I, I have yet to learn character names Because we're still first session
2: Terry and Cornelius
0: uh, No, I'm thinking Marcus and Finwiren, Both of them wake up Because they had taken naps after getting their new rooms So you, you wake up and dusk You don't wake up at exactly the same time But a couple hours Give or take Anything you would like to do, or you just going to stay in your rooms for the evening and wait till t- tomorrow? I guess I'd feel more comfortable staying here
1: for now. All right. Um, did they say anything about meals or anything like that?
0: They did. They said that there would be a meal ready in about three hours. Uh, you think it's getting pretty close to that time? You can smell something good coming through.
1: Yeah, I'll. I'll um would i take yes uh, i will go down for the evening meal then all right
0: greeting you as you descend the stairs or uh, the twins that were trying to help you carry your luggage oh good gentlemen thank you for joining us for dinner uh, come this way and they take you to a long table have you ever been to a german beer hall
1: no i don't think so all right
0: They're essentially just halls with long, long tables, bench seating on both sides, and that, like, fills the hall. So they're they're taking you to this style of seating. You are the only one here.
1: Right, okay. I will find a seat somewhere.
0: They're kind of on each side of you, gesturing to a spot that's, like, in the middle of this giant table.
1: Okay, I'll... Follows their directions, looking slightly baffled and obviously looking around the room as if shouldn't there be more people here kind of thing.
0: All right. Uh, from one side, what would you like to drink, sir? And from the other side, would, would you like a menu?
1: Yes, to the menu. Uh, for the drinks, what do you have?
0: Oh, uh, we have anything you could want. Surely, we have, you name it, someone get me a list of our drinks. The other one runs away to go get the list, (laughs) while he stands there nervously wringing his hands, with a smile of, maybe you'll tell him, before a list is provided.
1: Is there anything in particular that this establishment specializes in?
0: Oh, uh, the local Sandpoint Ale is is very, very good. Uh, We have that in supply,
1: of course. Uh, Anything, how to put this, more refined? uh, As in, like, wine or whiskey
0: or a burgundy? You have good wines? Uh,
1: We do, What type would you like? Well, I don't know what I'm eating yet, so... What's the menu for that? Wouldn't want to pick a wine that would clash, now would I?
0: Of course, of course. Uh, Tonight we are serving uh, one of three dishes. We have a a broasted quail. uh, We have a uh, stewed rabbit. Or we have a... Uh, a roast boar.
1: Ooh, difficult choices. Hmm. I think today I shall go with a quail. Oh, very good. Very good. And a, a wine that will go with game. I'll let you make a suitable recommendation.
0: Uh, he looks you up and down. Elephant wine? That would be acceptable, yes. He nods and runs off. You hear a shout from the kitchen. Really? Great! Uh, The other one runs back with a drink menu and seeing that his brother has vanished turns around and runs away again. After about ten minutes. Your meal is served to you. uh, An exquisite dish of quail, eggs, quail eggs poached alongside on top of toast with a hollandaise sauce. It's very nice.
1: Okay. Yeah, hell.
0: They bring you a full bottle of elvish wine. Open it and pour you a glass and leave the bottle next to you.
1: Yeah, hell. Obviously appreciate the food and and toast the the service with wine. And, yeah, he's obviously enjoying his meal.
0: Okay. After your meal is complete, they they come and present you with a a bill, nicely written out. Uh,
1: it, It says, Elvish Wine, 10 gold. He will nod to himself and pull out the ten gold. All right, they
0: take your money happily.
1: <laughs> it's what you get when you order expensive things. <laughs> this is true. He won't have drunk the the full bottle, so he will uh, take it with him back uh, as he as he stands up. And he'll say to them, thank you for the service. That was an excellent meal. My compliments mm. to the chef. Thank you, and please spread the word. I will. Good evening. With that, he will head back to his room, drop off the, the bottle of wine, um, pick up his little pet, and head out into the town.
0: Okay. Okay. Anywhere specific you're headed?
1: Uh, looking at the map, there are a bunch of sort of like cliffs to the edge of town, so he'll he'll head towards those. Okay. Uh,
0: you're in number three right now. Okay. Do you want to head out towards the old light?
1: No, he's he's mostly heading towards the cliffside and the edge of the cliff and he will uh, walk along that for a little while quite slowly and I'm assuming it's getting on towards dusk if not actual evening by this point yes yeah and his his little pet will uh, he will, will let it go and let it go off to hunt and and prey on some of the insects in the area all right. You
0: eventually walk down past number four. The way north is what this place is called. As with several other buildings in the vicinity, this one-story structure was recently rebuilt after the telltale signs of some fire. It looks like it. this building might be Some sort of library? It's cramped and cluttered, but you can see just shelves of books.
1: Okay, that would catch his attention. And he'll call his pet back to him and and go have a closer look at this building.
0: Okay. Uh, When you walk in, you see a old gnome. Uh, You can tell he's old because he's got A few wisps of white hair, and he's bent over a cartography table, drawing out maps. He's got maps strewn around everywhere.
1: I'll glance around and see, well, what maps are actually here. Are they local? Are they regional world maps? geography. Uh, not actually trained in that one, so... That's fine. Okay. You
0: don't recognize many of them, but a couple look to be of Sandpoint and the nearby areas. So you're piecing together just based on, you know, the context that all of these maps must be of Varysia in some way or form. Though you're not exactly sure where each one is at or necessarily of. Okay. There are a couple that, you're like, oh, I think that might be Magnamar area. And this looks a bit like Corvosa. That's kind of familiar. Or like it, okay. you, you see one with like a big plateau area and you're like, hmm, that looks like that might be the Strovel stairs. I've heard of those.
1: After character, I don't know where they are. That's
0: fine. Fair enough. If they're important, you'll learn. Trust me. Otherwise, they're just terms. So, this gnome is drawing out maps. He's completely unaware of you here.
1: I'll watch him work so I don't want to interrupt him when he's in the middle of, of carefully drawing something and wait until he he's pauses before politely coughing.
0: Okay you stand there for several minutes and just as you're about to cough the the light has gone down now to a point where he goes mm, lights he snaps his fingers and taps a, a chain hanging from the ceiling and it begins to glow and it illuminates the room
1: ah well i suggest that might be my cue good evening um Ah! Oh, oh, don't frighten me. You shouldn't sneak up on people. That wasn't me sneaking. Sorry. It wasn't? No, I was stood there.
0: He looks around the room. Yes, I suppose nothing was stolen. Good. Thank you for not sneaking. Don't startle people. It's not polite.
1: My apologies. I didn't mean to cause distress. I just... Saw so obviously the books from the outside, and well, I couldn't help but be fascinated by this building and wanted to to find out more and these maps. Oh,
0: you you like books and maps? Oh, fantastic! Uh, hello, I eveznut paru. Pleasure Ma- to meet you,
1: Marcus. And he'll hold out a hand. Uh, he. Reaches up and shakes your
0: hand with his tiny hand. So, beaming smile. What? What brings you into the quest for books and knowledge and maps and law?
1: Ah, oh, I have been questing for uh, law for quite a while. Um, I'm always interested in learning more. That's the thing. There's always something more to learn. You could spend lifetimes studying the world and not know everything there is to know. But, no, I'm in town for a few days while I wait for my next connection, so I thought exploring what this place has to offer.
0: Oh, fantastic. Always trying to learn. That's the way the young should do.
1: He'll smile slightly at that, but won't actually say anything.
0: Give me a knowledge of local.
1: And again, that's untrained.
0: Yep. You're familiar enough with gnomes and how they work. You know that gnomes are immortal. They live based on whatever obsession compels
1: them. Oh, right. And the fading, if they start losing that, yeah.
0: The the bleaching, uh, they go completely pale ghost white and their hair turns shock white when it's normally fantastical colors. Uh, The bleaching happens when they lose that excitement or that wonder or when they haven't received enough new stimulus to keep them going. If they keep rehashing the same stimulus, they can cause that
1: so I take it obviously from the maps you're something of a cartographer.
0: Oh yes. I mapping the local region in Eurasia in general, it's it's fascinating. There's so much here. Especially with all those ruins around. Such such unexplored lands
1: Interesting tell me more I always like hearing about good ruins.
0: Oh well, there's so many. Do you know that they say that the the devil's platter actually is some sort of cave network? I sent some people to go research it once, but they never returned. They also say that's where the Sandpoint Devil lives. I'm sure those things are unconnected.
1: Hopefully, so. This devil. Yes, yeah, someone else in town's been talking about that. I don't know
0: hogwash <laughs> the sandpoint devil's not real oh that story's centuries old if such a creature existed it would have died long ago
1: ah so it's not the descendant of the devil or something like that
0: huh well now you've sparked a thought
1: my pleasure to do so uh <laughs> these books are they also on geography or do you collect everything
0: oh no this is my home
1: oh forgive me i didn't realize it was a private
0: no the actual library in town is 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 the the curious goblin really yes it, it's got a big sign out front the shop with with a wide eyed goblin reading through an upside down book. It's hilarious. It, the book's nearly as tall as him. It's fantastic. I painted it myself. It was <laughs> hilarious. Oh, you did that? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bookshop. It, it, it's it's the obsession of Chas Calden, a human but with a great obsession. I fully support him.
1: I see. So, uh, which part of town is that? Uh,
0: That would be number 22 on the map. He gives you directions to it. uh, And tries to sell you a map of Sandpoint in the process. (laughs) Uh,
1: Thank you, but I don't expect to be staying long enough to need such an item. Oh, it's just a simple guide map. It's just five
0: gold. No, No big deal, right?
1: If this were a place I were planning on staying, it might be useful, but, alas, I might never return. I'm only in town for a few days, so...
0: No. You know where to find me if you change your mind.
1: I do. Or if I perhaps want maps of the rest of the region. Also
0: true. He taps the side of his nose.
1: Anything in particular that you don't have? Or is it depending on
0: he, he, he shuffles through maps. I've got maps of regia of the lost coast of the of the surrounding seas. Uh, I've got some some old maps from Nidol he, he kind of winks and nudges you a you know, fun place that eh
1: yes <laughs> at least if you believe the stories that come out of that
0: oh you should
1: I was there once it's
0: terrible. <laughs>
1: I will take your word for it. Very well. Thank you for your time. It has been most illuminating. Has it? Is that is that a map pun? No. It was a good one. Well uh-huh. then, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that then. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Farewell.
0: Bye. Do come again. I assume you're running away from him almost.
1: No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not quite. It's... Okay, interesting person kind of thing, but now I'm going somewhere else. In particular, head following the directions towards the library to see if it's still open or not.
0: All right. Uh, You head down to the library. The Curious Goblin. The sign is just as he described it. Inside... The store is surprisingly complete. Almost all of the wares are extremely highly priced. And virtually no locals are in here. Everybody that is in this shop with you is dressed as an adventurer or some sort of out out of town, almost like lower nobility or merchant type attire. Yeah. Absolutely no peasant garb in here whatsoever. Okay. Most of the adventuring type aren't here buying books. They're selling them. And this elderly man behind the desk is ecstatically buying these books for what you think is exorbitant prices for just tomes.
1: How exorbitant?
0: The prices on the bookshelves... For the ones that are for sale, range anywhere from 50 to hundreds of gold. Okay.
1: Expensive books.
0: Yeah. A tome that he's buying at the moment, he's paying 75 gold for. Just for one small chapbook tome.
1: Okay. Do I hear enough about the are dealing to have any idea of what's in the book, what topics it is?
0: It's supposedly a Pathfinder journal. Ah. As you look around, you see another elderly gentleman uh, sitting in one of the large overstuffed chairs reading one of the books from the shelves. That's all the time we have for now. To learn more about the show, the cast, etc., head over to wayward-expeditions.com.